0: Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 26. In this chapter, once again, the Ziphites are willing to betray David. But once again, the Lord delivers David. And once again, David does not take the life of King Saul when he has the chance to do so. Let's begin by reading verses 1 through 20. 1 Samuel chapter 26, beginning at verse 1. Now the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Hakilah, opposite Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped in the hill of Akilah, which is opposite Jeshimon, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp, with the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai the son of Zeruiah, the brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear, right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him or his day shall come to die or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away and no man saw or knew it or awoke where they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Now David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great distance being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your Lord, the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son, David? David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Why does my Lord thus pursue his servant?" For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 26, with some background notes. After David spared Saul's life at En Gedi, we read in the last verse of chapter 24, And Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. We mentioned that the stronghold here could have been what we know today as Masada. In chapter 25, we had the account of Samuel's death and the account of David's dealings with Nabal. We saw how God used Abigail to save the day for David and keep David from precipitating a bloodbath for which he would have been forever sorry. We read how God took the life of Nabal because of his unfair treatment of David, and we were reminded of the biblical truth of Romans twelve nineteen, which says, we do not have to avenge ourselves because God does it for us. We are not to take our own revenge, Romans 12, 19. Now here in chapter 26, David again has the chance to take matters into his own hands and get his sweet revenge. But once again, David resists the opportunity and spares Saul's life. We read in verse 1 that the Ziphites again gave King Saul information on the whereabouts of David's wilderness hiding place. And sure enough, Saul broke his promise and came with 3,000 chosen troops to try once again to capture David. Let me ask you, why was Saul so easily persuaded to change his mind and see David as a threat and not take David at his word? The answer may be in verse 19 where David says to Saul, if the Lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go serve other gods. David said that if he had done wrong, he would publicly present an offering to the Lord. But if on the other hand, There were certain men in Saul's court that hated David and were lying about David, and that was probably the case. Then they should be cursed because they were the cause of driving David away from the Lord's land into the lands of foreign gods. So it looks like there was a fifth column in the royal court that was against David. In verse 20, David again emphasizes that he was as harmless as a flea and had no hidden agendas. All he wanted to do was return to Jerusalem and the house of the Lord. He did not want to die out in the wilderness. Well, so much for our background. Let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 26. Doctrinal point number one. The Lord will test the righteousness of every believer. The Lord will test the righteousness of every believer. Back in chapter 24, we saw that David was tested as to whether or not he would do what was right, and he passed the test. Even though David had a golden opportunity to eliminate King Saul and was told by his own men that this opportunity was from the Lord, David did not take matters into his own hands and kill the king. David knew that God had made Saul king, and it was not David's place to remove God's anointed king. David knew that it was only a matter of time before the Lord himself would remove King Saul and David could wait on the Lord. Now here in chapter 26, David has another golden opportunity to remove King Saul. David and his men were able to sneak up on Saul's camp at night. And while Saul was sleeping, David and his nephew, Abishai, were able to get so close to Saul that he could have killed Saul with his own spear, Once again, David was told that this was the opportunity from the Lord. Abishai pleaded with David to at least let him do the job. All I need is one shot, said Abishai. Now let me ask you, what would you have done? Would you have done what David did? I don't think I would have been able to resist and not thank the Lord for this second opportunity. But I would be wrong in not doing the right thing. Once again, David passed the test of righteousness and did not stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed. David only took Saul's spear and water to prove to Saul and to General Abner that David could have killed the king and to prove to Abner that he was not protecting the king. So here in chapter 26, David was again tested to see if he would do what was right and he passed the test. What about us? The Lord will test the righteousness of every believer. This is all part of the test of faith that every believer faces according to James chapter 1 and 1 Peter 1. Sometimes we think the test of faith only has to do with whether or not we will stand up under persecution. The test of our faith is much larger than that. Our righteousness is tested. As believers will we do what is right when it comes to honesty and integrity? Will we do what is right when it comes to handling money? Will we do what is right when it comes to giving back what is borrowed? Will we do what is right when it comes to submitting to authority structures? The Lord will test the righteousness of every believer. Doctrinal point number two, the Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer. The Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer. Verses 21 through 25. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay. Every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. And Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. Notice that our doctrinal point, the Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer, comes right from what David says to King Saul in verse 23. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. The Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer. As it was true in David's case, so it will be true for us. Remember what the Lord said In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, 6, the Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer. Now, our reward for righteous living may not come overnight and maybe not even in this lifetime. But you can be sure that when we do the right thing, we will be rewarded. Do what is right in your marriage, and God will reward you. Do what is right in your family, and God will reward you. Do what is right in your business, and God will reward you. Do what is right in your church and fellowship groups, and God will reward you. The Lord will reward the righteousness of every believer. Now, what about practical application from 1 Samuel chapter 26? Expect to be tested again. Expect to be tested again. The fact that David's faith and patience and righteousness was tested more than once is a lesson in itself. Expect to be tested again, even when you pass the test. Remember the temptations or tests in the life of our Lord? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted or tested by the devil. Now listen to what we read in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, after the Lord had passed all the tests. Luke chapter 4 and verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation or test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The testing continued. Luke four thirteen. In the same way, God allows our faith and righteousness to be tested throughout our lifetime. Graduation does not come until we get to heaven. So praise the Lord when you do the right thing and pass the test of faith and righteousness, but expect to be tested again.